Out here on site in Atlantia, behind me we're printing the first 3D printed house that someone is actually going to live in. And this is the perfect place to introduce today's podcast guest, Kristen Henry, Chief Technology Officer for the number one 3D printing house company in the world, SQ4D. Check it out. Yeah, kid, welcome. Welcome to back to another episode of the Handsome Home Buyer Podcast. My name is Charles, a.k.a. The Handsome Home Buyer, a.k.a. Captain Permit, a.k.a. El Judio Maravilloso, a.k.a. El Chulo de las Casas. And we're back for a virtual podcast. This is going to be a banger. We're talking about technology, but before we talk about technology, we have to talk about, that's right, Captain Permit, 516-513-8838. And if you need plans, you need permits, especially, hint, hint, 3D printed house permits. We got you. 516-838. Fuck, what is the phone number? 516-513-8838. Obviously, I'm the handsome home buyer. If you have a house that smells like cat pee, dated from the 1960s, six inches of mold on the wall, human flit waste, floating past the basement steps, NPLs, land, anything real estate related, gas stations, body shops. I don't give a shit. I'm quick. I'm easy. Lord knows I'm a good time. If you've been watching this for the last 60 seconds. I want to buy it, 516-777. Sold. And before we get into the podcast, this podcast is sponsored by Cardinal Financial. More importantly, my man, Sal Rizzolo, best loan officer out there. I flipped over 400 houses in the last five years, and I have never had such a pleasant experience. If you are a realtor, you got to call him. If you are someone thinking about buying a house, you got to call him. And most importantly, if you're an investor, you got to call this guy because he screens every one of my offers. He tells me what's going to be good, what's not going to be good. And if he ends up getting the loan, he cuts my closing times from 90 days down to 30 days. Sal Rizzolo, link down below. Check him out. All right. So prop tech, big deal. Everybody who knows me knows that I love 3D printed houses. And we are talking to somebody today who is who knows everything there is to know. Not only does she know everything there is to know. She's one of the most impressive people I've ever met. But she is literally changing the world, creating the technology of what in 20 years from now is probably going to be commonplace. So she is a Yale grad. I don't know if anybody knows this, but Yale is the hardest school to get into, right? I barely got into NASA community. She graduated from Yale, top of the class, mechanical engineer, grew up in upstate New York. We're going to talk about that. She's the chief technology officer for, in my opinion, the number one 3D printed technology company leading the charge, printing houses, commercial buildings, you name it, SQ4D, Kristen Henry. Hello, handsome. Have you ever gotten an intro that went anything like that? No, that was incredible. Thank you. <laughs> very good. Very good. I'm glad you feel loved because you should feel loved because you're amazing. And I'm so happy to know you and so happy to be involved in this uh, journey and have a seat next to you while you guys basically re-engineer housing. Happy to have you on the team. Yeah. <laughs> so cool stuff going on. So a little bit of backstory on you, right? Um, grew up in upstate New York, I guess always had a love for tinkering building. Cause you, you are in there, man. Like it's freezing out. You, we were supposed to do the Islandia project, which we're starting now in like December. And you and I are like, F it. Let's get out no. there, freezing cold. And the guy's like, no, no, no. So just a little background, kind of like, you know, 60 seconds or so about, you know, upbringing before college. You always like tinkering. How'd you get into mechanical engineering, et cetera? 
Yeah, definitely. Uh, when I was younger, I was always trying to build different things, solve different problems uh, growing up. And now even I always had a list of things that bothered me in the world and how I wanted to fix them. So a bunch of different ideas for um, different inventions and stuff. Um, and I made a few of them growing up. Uh, there was this one time I made this shovel that fit underneath our deck. So you have to lift the snow over the top. Um, that that lasted for a few snowstorms, but uh, <laughs> yeah, just it's kind of stuff like that always growing up. And um, yeah, I always loved working with my hands, uh, doing a bunch of different things, not just limiting myself to one thing. And I actually went into college uh, under the pretense that I was going to be doing biomedical engineering in pre-med. Mm -hmm. And then I discovered 3D printing and decided that I loved it and wanted to pivot towards mechanical engineering so I could spend more time doing that. Wait, so to kind of back it up a little bit, do you do you come from a very like handy, creative type of family? Like are your are your parents the kind of people that could build anything or somebody in your family can kind of build anything? Can you hear yeah, me? Yeah, definitely. Oh. So my mom was actually an art teacher. Okay. Yeah, uh, a little bit of a lag. We good now? Yeah, we're good. Sorry <laughs> uh, about yeah, that. So my mom was actually an art teacher. And uh, my dad uh, grew up and uh, started to become an engineer, but then actually pivoted into teaching. And he's now yeah. a uh, middle school math teacher uh, who also is a track coach. And so he's always outside doing various sports and things. And uh, my mom is definitely on the creative side of things. So... I sort of got a mix of those two. So ironically for me, like I know what I've always known what 3D printing is, but didn't really know much about it. My my first kind of introduction really to 3D printing happened to be 3D house printing. Oh, wow. um, yeah, right. Just run into it. <laughs> so I'm curious to know, like, I mean, you you were gonna be a doctor, it sounds like. And then you basically said, I'm not gonna be a doctor, found 3D printing and just completely change your major to mechanical engineering. What what went on there? What did you see? What did you feel? What path did you take? Yeah, exactly. So I, when I decided to take this random class that was actually an architecture class that focused on 3D printing and fabricating and uh, learning about different architectural schemes and schematics and everything. And I immediately fell in love with the 3D printing aspect. I thought it was so cool. Our first project was design, to design actually the uh, freshman quad that we all lived on at the time. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the other students were like doing like rectangles and stuff since we had just learned how to model. I sat there for hours and put in every single window and all of the crossing sidewalks. And I, I just absolutely loved how cool it was that you could model something and then immediate, almost immediately create it. Um, and I decided that I didn't want to be in a lab all day. Because uh, a lot of pre-med is lab work and such until you actually get into the field. Um, so I decided I wanted to use my hands and create things and I uh, completely pivoted. So curious for me, like you went to Yale, obviously, right? Yale, hardest school to get into. What, like, what was the experience of trying to get into Yale and what do you have to do to prepare to actually get into Yale? That's a good question. Um, yeah, so in high school, I actually kind of loved doing everything. Um, I really enjoyed my English classes, my history classes. I was doing two sports a season. I was working a job the whole time. I was in a bunch of different clubs. I just tried to get as much of my experience as I possibly could. And um, that's actually why I chose engineering and pre-med because I was like, that's kind of a mix of everything. So <laughs> that's kind of the best I can get there. 
Um, and I actually had no idea what school I wanted to go to specifically. It's not like I grew up being like, I'm going to go to Yale. Um, so I, uh, just applied to a bunch of, obviously my grades are pretty good in high school. So I applied to a bunch of different schools. Um, and the only one I actually got rejected from was MIT, <laughs> which wow. uh, probably was a good plan because then I kind of would have been uh, a little more pigeonholed into a very specific track. What was great about Yale that I really liked was that it was a liberal arts school. So I could be doing all this engineering work while then also taking a random English class or whatever have you. So, um, yeah, it, it, the process went pretty well for me did pretty well in the SATs, got good grades, was doing a bunch of things and uh, wanted to just continue doing a bunch of things in college. So I found that Yale was a good place to do that. What I just because I'm, I'm curious, what was your SAT score and what was your GPA? Yeah, 1580 out of 1600. And I know what two questions I got wrong. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> my GPA was it in high school was actually 102. So with the uh, weighted averages on the class, I was uh, Okay. I'm just curious only because the way you were saying it kind of like sounded like, you know, like, yeah, I did well, but not to, I'm like, no, 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 there's gotta be, yeah. she, she had to have like 106 weighted average yeah. and basically like got two questions wrong because she didn't flip the last page and she forgot that there was two questions there. So how do you ultimately, so now obviously your chief technology offer at SQ4D, the 3d printing house world is basically like, I think, this is the year where it's like just bubbling, bubbling, bubbling. And then next year it's going to erupt on a level like, you know, no one's ever seen, you know, how did you find SQ4D? What made you want to get into it and just kind of, you know, talk about the industry in general, all the cool things that are going on. Yeah. Great question. So I actually, for my senior project at Yale, I decided to uh, focus on concrete 3d printing. So I got my group and this was a senior capstone project. So that's a year long project for AVET mechanical engineers where you really try to uh, invent something new, fabricate, create, uh, do a whole lot of research on the topic, et cetera. So my team and I decided we wanted to tackle concrete 3D printing. And I spent the whole year fabricating a very small scale 3D printer um, for our final project. We actually printed a top hat <laughs> that uh, we wore during our final presentation then. Um, and I just absolutely fell in love with the process of concrete 3D printing because obviously I fell in love with regular plastic 3D printing and then decided I wanted to kind of pivot and add the additional challenges of a uh, non-Newtonian material uh, rather than just plastic. So, and how many years ago was this? Uh, actually last year. <laughs> So basically, were, were you aware that people were 3D printing houses out of concrete or trying to at that time? Or did you just, okay, you were. So, so we were, we, the initial research we did on the topic, it seemed like a lot of companies were like right at the edge of kind of moving out of research and development into actually scaling up and doing this on a mm -hmm. wider scale. But uh, it was actually uh, towards the middle of the project, a bunch of my friends and uh, teaching assistants and professors and things started sending me articles on this little company called SQ4D. And they're like, oh, look how local this is. There's this cool company. They just printed this awesome house. Like, this is exactly what you're doing. And I was like, yes, only house size rather than top hat size. That's pretty cool. <laughs> they actually didn't have any job posting at the time. 
I just cold emailed the first email I could find and was like, hi guys, my name's Kristen. I'm going to Yale. I'm doing the same thing, only on a much smaller scale. And I'd love to take it to house size. Here's my resume. Would love to talk. And they were like, yes, let's interview. So wow, <laughs> it's amazing how that all worked out. That is very cool. So, so you essentially in college, just so people can really wrap their head around like how brilliant you are, you you built a miniature SQ4D type printer, like a miniature house printer. Yes, exactly. Yep, it was gantry style, the auger and extruder, uh, well, the extruder system and the uh, pumping system sort of thing. It was all actually pretty much in line with what SQ4D is working on, which is mm -hmm. pretty cool. <laughs> um, so. They, uh, they were like, wow, okay, you've done a year of research on this. Let's uh, scale this up now. So talk a little bit about the technology. And, and obviously, as you're doing that, the guys will do their post, you know, post whatever thing where they like put the, the machines and the parts and everything up there so people could see it. So just talk a little bit about because when I and I'm sure you have these same conversations with people, you meet somebody random, even in the construction world, and you're like, hey, like 3D printing houses. And they're like, what, what, are you, what are you talking about? What do you mean you're, you're, you're 3D printing a house? Like, how does that work? What are the components? How does it come together? So people really, you know, understand, like, what do you like 3D print it in parts and then bring it over? Um, talk about that a little bit. Yeah, definitely. So for people who are familiar with plastic 3D printing, I like to say it's really not that different, except for the printer is far larger and you're not doing it on a moving bed. You're actually just moving the whole machine around to create the house. But uh, unlike some companies that are printing parts and then bringing them in and s assembling together and everything, SQ4D just takes our machine to the site. We set it up in six to eight hours. Uh, that's including the time to make sure everything's like exactly where it needs to be, precisely in place. Um, and then from there, we can just uh, dig the footings, uh, start to print that. Uh, SQ4D actually prints the uh, whole foundation, so the footings, the foundation walls, the slab. Uh, and the interior and exterior walls. Uh, so we come in after uh, it's been excavated and start to print. So then we move uh, subterranean from the ground up, uh, just continuing going layer after layer. And as the machine moves around, uh, we have it precisely timed so that there's no downtime at all. Just the, uh, the concrete uh, material starts to cure as the machine travels around. And by the time it gets back, that layer below is firm enough to support the weight of the material going up, but it's also still curing so that the layers bond together and form a monolithic structure. So it's kind of like a continuous process. As the layers get added, it just continues curing, increasing in strength all together as a continuous structure. And, and now the new thing that you're trying to do is roofs. Yes. So talk, um, I think the biggest thing, like the biggest questions that I get when I'm posting stuff on social media is, you know, the mechanicals of it, right? So how does the plumbing work? How does the electric work? You know, how does the insulation work, et cetera? Uh, touch on that a little bit for people so they understand. Definitely. So all of that's really integrated into the process. So uh, we plan out exactly where the electrical conduits need to go and everything before the process. And that's actually just printed in place into the slab. So we know precisely where everything needs to be, where the stub-ups need to be located, and we can kind of fix that into place. The printer can actually just draw us out, plan exactly of where the walls are going to go, and then we can make sure everything's exactly in place where it needs to be. And then uh, the stub-ups are sticking out of the slab, so everything else is covered in place, which is amazing for uh, fire considerations. So uh, since it's actually encapsulated in the slab, then we don't have to worry 
about uh, fire issues that a lot of people have with electrical in uh, wooden homes. So after the electrics in place, uh, we actually cut the boxes as the walls are going up, put those in, uh, connect that to the conduit, keep printing up, put in more boxes and get to the top. And then once we're done, the electrician can come in and snake wires through and wire everything up. So then electrician's uh, work is taken care of. And plumbing is kind of the same thing. We just plan out exactly where the plumbing needs to be in each of the walls and then um, print around it. Yeah, so people understand essentially two people come set up a machine on site, 3D print forms, footings, foundation, interior and exterior walls. There's, there's a gap in the walls that allows you to run the electric, run the plumbing. You either now you're going to be 3D printing the roofs, but before we were using a truss system and like you're in and out and then the finishings happen and the house is done and ready to go. Exactly. And one very nice thing is you mentioned forms, but actually 3D printing, we don't need any forms whatsoever. That's the beauty of it. Um, you just keep stacking those lines up and uh, don't need to put forms in that you would need in traditional construction. Uh, because doing a slab in traditional construction, you have to set all those forms up, pour it, wait for it to cure, take the forms away, wait even longer for it to cure enough to then get more machinery and stuff on the slab so it's not cracking and is strong enough. But in concrete 3D printing, we can pretty much resume the next day since we don't have forms to worry about taking out or anything. And we actually want to continue quickly so that the uh, layers can keep curing together. Yeah. So I want to talk about that for a minute because, you know, it's like uh, I live in New York, so I don't really go to Central Park because I know it's there. So I take it for granted. You know, <laughs> you're doing this every day and us being local Long Island is kind of like, but you guys are what you guys are doing is super cutting edge. Like I don't and please correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know of anybody else that was. 3D printing, the forms, the footings, and the slabs. Yeah, currently no other company is really focusing on printing subterranean. Most companies are just doing interior and exterior walls. But at SQ4D, we're really trying to autonomize as much of the process as possible so that we can get quicker times and more cost savings um, as compared to traditional construction. Yeah, because I think, you know, that's where you guys really rise above everybody else, in my opinion. So you have people that are 3D printing, you know, components of houses, and it's almost like a, like a novelty type of thing, where you guys are really saving time, saving money, and then more importantly, giving people a superior product, because you are, you know, once you do the site work, you're laying down the slurry mixture, you're 3D printing the forms, you're backfilling, you're doing the slab, interior, exterior. Well, see, I know about construction. Don't don't yeah. let Enzo fool you. I, I at least I I, I can talk yeah. so I sound like it. <laughs> so I uh, know that's why I really believe, and I think anybody that is, you know, watching all the TikTok videos and stuff that I'm putting out, really documenting, you know, the build and the process and how it goes, you guys really have the number one technology in the industry. And it is super cool to see that this came, you know, from just like a concept. At a patch of Long Island, super local place. It's it's a very exciting thing to watch. Yeah, very exciting. Um, and one other thing I just want to mention about our technology too, which I find very amazing, is the our tangential nozzle. Mm -hmm. So unlike some other companies that use a circular cross section on their nozzle that just follows along past, um, the problem with that is you get a little bit of a um, pillowing effect, and the uh, the material isn't quite in a straight line since think about like squishing a tennis ball, you wouldn't really have very clean edges. It's more of a uh, vulva shape. So what's really nice about SQ4D's technology is we have a rectangular cross section on our nozzle that actually rotates with corners. So that allows us to get a lot cleaner profiles on our walls. 
um, on turns, corners, uh, curved walls, everything, since we're actually following along that path with the nozzle and it's rectangular. So there's less wasted material on the sides. Yeah, I mean, the way you guys engineered this, it, it couldn't be any more perfect. Like you just, you made it as easy as, as possible. You know, the, the mixture is something you can get at Home Depot. Yes. It's just, you know, once you have the machine, if somebody were to, let's say, purchase a machine, they could set it up anywhere, easily get the material. And so I want you to talk about that a little bit. And then also explain how, you know, most other 3D printing companies, the, the bead is round, like you were saying. So as a result, you don't get the same... Um, you're actually wasting material and it's it's not as strong because it's not stacked directly on top of each other there's there's a lot of waste there exactly yeah so we're, we're really just trying to make this as accessible and affordable and environmentally friendly and everything as possible like we just really want to revolutionize home building and to do that we really need to um, make sure that our technology is producing things that look good can be created quickly and have cost savings so that's one big thing about our material. Like you said, all the material you could get at Home Depot, uh, whereas a lot of companies are using different additives in their mixture that mm -hmm. have uh, lead times that are ridiculous. You have uh, supply chain issues and the material is actually 10 times more expensive as well. Our material you can get to make the 3D printable cementitious uh, mix for less than three cents a pound. <laughs> Whereas a lot of these other companies are up close to 30, 25 to 30 cents per pound on their material. So that's something we're really proud of. It's readily accessible and cheap. So you can't, can't get much better than that. Um, and that's, that's something we're really proud of. And um, as well as the fact that it's super, super strong. So our last compressive tests for the home in Riverhead tested at nearly 9,000 PSI. Uh, whereas code requires only around 3000 PSI for concrete elements in a house. And that's already way stronger than your traditional two by four framing. So our houses are super strong with material that's readily available and cheap. So that's something we really focus on. Whereas a lot of these other companies, uh, you need to buy the mix specifically from them. Um, so it's a proprietary mix that then you have to worry about supply chain issues and these increased costs. Yeah. And you guys recently put out some very cool and, and funny, but educational, uh, you know, social media content about, you know, how these, you know, burn resistant, they're, they're flood resistant. Like you flood a 3d printed house and you see what happens. Nothing. You go at it with a blowtorch <laughs> and like a flamethrower and nothing happens. You know, you guys pelt it with, you know, bricks and cinder blocks and nothing happens. So like you know, the quality of what you're getting compared to, you know, stick built and traditional construction is just like, there's, there's no comparison. Um, until I saw you doing this in the garage, the coolest part of what you guys were doing was the virtual reality for me. And then I saw you building the printer that is going to take recycled plastic and then 3d print moldings, doors, kitchen cabinets, vanities, countertops, uh, talk about like kind of the next generation of, of 3D printing in regards to, to that, because that is just blowing my mind. Yeah. So definitely the virtual reality is something I also thought was super, super cool. Uh, when I came and interviewed at SQ4D, they had me put on the glasses and everything. And I was like, well, this is amazing. I'm sitting in a 3D printed house right now. We can pick out where everything's going to go. So that's amazing. But as far as the uh, plastic printing side of things, uh, yeah, we're, we're planning on taking uh, plastic recyclables that um, sadly nowadays a lot of them would end up in a landfill. 
Um, yeah, the recycling process is not great in the United States at the moment. So we would take those plastic recyclables and turn them into 3D printable material that we can then create all sorts of furniture, cabinets, uh, construction materials, whatever you need that can then be put into homes as well to increase the percentage of autonomously constructed materials to again bring costs down um, since we would be getting the material for free and then also get credits to actually take it since a lot of companies and um, organizations and things don't want to see it going into landfills. Uh, so we're taking this material, uh, putting it into a novel printer that we created. Uh, it's quite large that can create a bunch of different elements that then can also go into homes or outside of homes or um, really whatever you can imagine. So talk about just the, you know, the industry in general, the different verticals, where you see the uses, where you see it going, where you see your, you know, your, your competition and what they're doing. Because again, this is, this is like so, so, so early. This is like, when did the internet come around? 19. I actually have no idea. I don't know the year either, but like, this is, even though we've seen a bunch of articles, this is like, we haven't even begun to pull out the instrument to scratch the surface of 3D printing and what it's going to do to the housing market. So, you know, talk a little about, you know, how you see it developing over the next, you know, one, two, three, ten years, and then just the different verticals where it could be used, what kind of companies should be, you know, is it more of an affordable housing thing? Is it a more, in your opinion, is it, can it be luxury? Is it commercial? Is it everything under the sun? What is it? Yeah, that's also a very good question. Um, so what's really nice about 3D printing and where it's going now, as I mentioned, a lot of companies are moving out of the research development phase into actually scaling up, producing a lot more projects, creating homes, creating commercial buildings, um, starting to scale up and use it for more applications now that the technology has really been proven. So I think in the next several years, we're going to see a lot more 3D printed homes um, actually being built in communities and people living in them. So that's really exciting because, as you mentioned, there are a ton of different applications. Uh, since we talked about the cost savings, affordable housing is obviously a really good area to focus on because currently the United States is certainly having a bit of an affordable housing crisis, uh, which is a lot worse in certain areas. Um, but overall, there's uh, quite a lack of supply of new construction being built um, that people can afford. So using 3D printing to lower build costs and provide an option is really a great solution. But then as you mentioned, also uh, printing luxury and um, uniquely designed homes is also something that's really cool and starting to be upcoming as well. Um, because with the 3D printer to the printer printing a curved or uh, waved or zigzagging, whatever type of wall you want is just as easy as printing a straight line. Whereas trying to frame out a curved wall and then put sheetrock on is really not too much of an option. So uh, that's something that's really cool as architects um, start to become more familiar with the technology. They're going to have a lot more design freedom in the type of things that they can create. So it's really nice that there are so many different ways for 3D printers and 3D printed homes to be used, but also larger commercial buildings are a big option if we can make those faster. Um, and help with job creation because we're able to uh, move different companies into different areas. Um, that's really great too, more quickly. 
Um, so with all that said, there's a lot of different verticals for 3D printing companies. Um, since there are so many different options, there's also a lot of different options in um, how these companies are going to move forward. And all of them are still kind of in the process of figuring out whether they want to lease machines, sell machines, uh, keep the machines to themselves and just print homes other than that they then sell. Um, or if they want to joint venture and have people provide land that they then print on and then those homes can either be sold or rented out. So there's just all sorts of options and different companies are trying to figure out the best way to go. And most companies are taking different directions on that. So in the nearest future, we'll start to see um, really where the market best uh, wants us to head. But it is possible that all these directions are viable as well. Yeah, no, it's just, it's a super exciting time. And again, I mean, I think we haven't even scratched the surface, so there's, there's going to be so many uses and it's just, it's going to take time to, to get out there, obviously, but I mean, it's a better, cheaper, faster, stronger product. Typically, like Enzo always says, you'll get two out of three. It's either better, faster, or cheaper with this. You get all three. Um, really the sky's the limit from a design standpoint. We're going to be proving that out over the year, which is very cool. So we have Ilandia, which, uh, which we're going to be, which we're basically doing right now, which is your run of the mill, single family, first time home buyer type of home, um, due to a recent, uh, accidental, but not terribly bad luck, uh, fire out in the Hamptons. We're going to be building a luxury home. I don't know if you heard about that. Did you hear about that? Yeah. I'm very excited for that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then there's some commercial stuff on the horizon. So this is a super exciting year for kind of, you know, proving out all the verticals and really showing the world, you know, what this technology can do. But I think really the sky's the limit to your point, since it's CAD and geocode, it's like you can get as creative as you want. You're not restricted in the same way that you are with, you know, wood and, and sheetrock. So uh, it's going to lend itself to the high end market for people who want something different that's built great, that just want this super funky you know, kind of look, and it's going to be great for people like, uh, like Amazon who have, you know, massive warehouses that need to be built and they want to do it better, cheaper and, uh, and faster. So, um, listen, I, I really appreciate you coming down. My final question for you is, you know, where do you see the future of, you know, of SQ4D? Like you, you're in an amazing position. You're bringing a ton to the team. You're super young. You know, you're super young, right? Yeah. <laughs> you're super young in an industry that is, you know, is in its infancy, super bright future ahead of you. Very exciting. I mean, what do you have to say about that? It's, it's, it's awesome. You're in a really, really cool place. Yeah. I'm just so excited. I'm so thankful I get to be a part of this. Um, and I'm actually seeing, uh, a lot of the work I do get implemented and start to make changes. Um, like you said, it's so cool that <laughs> the industry is really starting to take off and so much cool work has been done but there's still so much work to continue doing to continue making this process faster better cheaper stronger everything so uh it's, it's really awesome to be innovating and continuing to make this more of a reality um really throughout the whole world i mean we get emails all the time from people from different countries that are like so when is this coming on over to india or when you know like everybody wants a part of it which is so cool um, and I, I think SQ4D has a great future moving forward as we continue to test out all these different projects and um, create really cool things that people are actually going to be living in um, because SQ4D really is, is one of the industry leaders in creating livable structures that actual families are going to be in um, that we can 
make a difference on the actual costs and things since we're printing so much of the structure. Um, we're at 41% of the now of the house now on a cost basis, but once we get the roof included and some of those other uh, elements as well with the recycling printer, uh, we're going to be well over 50% of the house 3D printed on a cost basis, which is really cool to see. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, for, for me, my motivation in life, like I live very simply. I'm not really motivated by money. I mean, money is obviously like a scorecard for how well you do in playing the game and you need it to play the game. But like at the end of my life, I want to feel like, you know what? I did everything I wanted to do. I made an impact. And that's really what you're doing. Like, you know, at 90 years old, when you're a great grandma, if you decide to go that route and have kids, you'd be like, oh, yeah, great. You know, like these houses that we live in, like, yeah, great grandma invented that and scaled it across the world. Like, it's just a very cool position that you're in and you've, you've really earned it with what you've done and what you're doing. So I commend you for that. And I appreciate you taking out time to uh, to do this and uh, and put this out into the world. So uh, Kristen Henry, SQ4D, Chief Technology Officer today, who knows, maybe CEO tomorrow. We, 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 we don't know. So uh, listen, thank you very much. If people are interested in reaching out to you guys, learning more information about you know what you're doing, how do they find you guys? Yeah, check out our website, uh, just sq4d.com. Uh, we have lots of different social media platforms and we're really working on putting content out so everyone can see kind of what's going on and better understand 3D printing. So Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, uh, pretty much everything. So just, just look for sq4d builds. Wherever you like to consume content, SQ4D is there. And obviously, everywhere you like to consume content, I'm there talking about 3D printing, SQ4D, and whatever other nonsense happens in this office on a daily basis. Obviously, I'm the handsome home buyer. Again, you know if you have a house that smells like cat pee, anything real estate related, I want to buy it. If there's a permit question or issue on Long Island, you know you got to call the captain. We'll see you next time. That's a wrap.